Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Today's episode is all about yoga, what it really is, and how you can get closer to living your truth. With us today is Kelly Smith. Kelly is the founder of Yoga For You and host of the iTunes chart-topping podcast, Mindful In Minutes. Kelly believes that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to yoga and cultivates an environment that empowers her students to listen to their bodies, explore their personal practice through more than just yoga poses, and to find joy and gratitude for the life they have. Hi Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm really good. Okay, so let's talk about yoga because I want to hear your definition. This is actually the real definition of yoga. Most people think that yoga is just about the poses and the classes, but what really is yoga? So for me, yoga is a lot of different things. So I tend to take a more traditional thought of yoga and kind of apply it to a modern day life. So there are, and you may be familiar with this because I think you practice yoga Mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's the eight limbs to yoga and only one of those limbs is asanas or the poses. So when you go to like your yoga class, you're really only practicing one eighth of what yoga originally is. And so I believe that yoga is a personal practice and it's kind of, it's this pathway to finding your true self, to finding that part of you that is just so true and radiant. And it's using all of those different parts, kind of all eight limbs to really peel back the layers and get to to that true part of you. So it's it's the physical, it's the breath work, it's the meditation, it's mm. the concentration, it's all of those different pieces. Right. And it should be personalized for you. So yoga used to be taught um, one-on-one. So mm. it's just basically like teacher to student. And I think that that's the best way to do it because then it's, it's individualized and it's personalized and you're not just getting kind of this big – Um, blanket statement, this big group thing, you're taking a journey just, you know, to yourself from yourself. That's interesting. Can you share more about what these eight limbs are and how do you practice those other limbs of yoga? Yeah, so there's yamas and niyamas and they are, and there's not a test on this, I promise. (laughs) There's, um, so the yamas are kind of like how you interact with the world around you. So they're things like nonviolence and truthfulness. And so they're like how you interact with the world. And that's, that's such an important part of your yoga practice because it's how you interact with people. It's how you live with the rest of the world going on. And so that's a really important one to me because I think about how I interact with people people all day long and and how I speak to them and how I even look at them really is a practice of my yoga. Am I present in it? Am I kind in it? Am I truthful in it? Mm-hmm. Or am I just kind of going through the motions living in my own world? So you have the yamas mm-hmm. and then you have the niyamas, which is kind of how you how you treat yourself and like how you prepare yourself for the practice of yoga. So those are things like purity and, and just how you prepare the body. And then you have uh, you have the poses, right? So those are the ones that we're usually most familiar with. And yeah. uh, then we have meditation meditation, which is is one that I love. And that is, I usually describe meditation 
as if your mind is a light bulb and you were to take that same energy, like that that wattage. So when the light bulb's on, the light's shining in all different directions. But when you meditate, it's like you're taking that energy and power and you're turning it into like a laser pointer. Mm. So it's still the same amount of energy. You're just focusing it on one thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually what I think of for meditation. And then breath work or pranayama, that is uh, kind of the manipulation of the breath with a a certain purpose in mind. So I usually like to, in my own practice, do like a relaxation breath. So exhales longer than the inhales if I'm feeling a little little amped up. But there's all different kinds of pranayama. Uh, And then there's withdrawal of the senses, which a lot of people confuse with meditation, but it's almost more like being able to turn the world off and just see what's going on like underneath the surface. So I always describe it as like turning the gaze inward. But from the outside, that also like basically looks like meditation, but it's like for a different purpose, right? Right, right. And so... So if someone were just looking at me, they wouldn't be able to tell necessarily if I was practicing meditation or withdrawal of the senses, but internally, it would feel really different. Okay, cool. And yep, and then you have a concentration, which again is similar to meditation, but a little bit different. And ultimately, we want the last limb is, is like bliss or enlightenment or whatever whatever you call it Mm -hmm. I call it finding the true self but whatever you call it that's kind of that that last piece that goal that we're oh okay so the last piece is not really I mean it's like a constant ongoing practice right so it's it's kind of like so the eight limbs were um they were written down by this guy Patanjali I lovingly call him Pat (laughs) which and he wrote these like thousands of years ago it was the first written record of of yoga and kind of like the first yoga how-to so he was describing these and he was basically telling you you know these are the different steps the first seven more or less to reach that ultimate goal it's called samadhi but to reach that ultimate goal of um, you know the true self or enlightenment or whatever you like to call it that 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 diamond that gem that's waiting for you and this is kind of how Mm -hmm. how you do it but finding that is just as important as the other limbs so it's still very much considered a limb um, but it probably isn't coming Mm -hmm. first unless you're just like this very evolved like enlightened being yeah which you might be you might be (laughs) Eileen well that's interesting so I'm it sounds like you're very into yoga you've learned so much about it so did this lead into creating yoga for you like how did that come to be yeah so do you mind if I backtrack a little bit yeah sure. okay all right so I used to work uh, in a big girl job we'll call it I used <laughs> to work um, in in management and in business and um, my now husband we were together we weren't married at the time and he got into medical school which was his dream and we ended up moving from a large metropolitan area we're in the Minneapolis area and we ended up moving to this mm-hmm. place that I only lovingly describe as a one bar one Walmart Missouri town oh. and the first time I <laughs> yeah. saw it I cried oh. and and I just I was like I don't know. I don't think I can do this. And and I was so afraid of, yeah. of just leaving everything that I knew. it was so far out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so we we went there and I obviously I had to leave my job and I had to start over and and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was always teaching yoga on the side because I got my first I got my um, 200 hour my first training uh, the week after I graduated college because I always knew like that's what I wanted to do, but I still went and, you know, got my piece of paper. Yeah. And, um, but so we moved to Missouri and, and when I was there, I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and I decided that I wasn't going to let fear hold me back mm. and that, and that I had always dreamt of trying to make yoga 
like a career mm-hmm. and do that as my living and share it with people. And so I started doing that very like slowly but surely. And so I started saying just teaching like, yoga classes. Yeah. Like that was always my dream of like just teaching yoga and having that be like what I do for my living, like basically merging like my career, my passion. Yeah. And so I, I started with one class at one class and it was Friday at 5 15 p.m. I remember <laughs> it very fondly. And, and it slowly started to grow. And uh, eventually, I ended up opening my own studio there and it turned into like a brick and mortar business. Wow. And then I was I was inspired to go more like online and turn it more of a of a brand. So I wanted to I had this very kind of not unusual. I had a very unique way of looking at at yoga and how it's not kind of like this cookie cutter thing. It's just like Patanjali teaches us. It is a journey through the self Mm -hmm. to the self. And I was doing a lot of like one-on-one sessions and private sessions. And I really believe that that's like the best way to pretty much learn anything is to have sort of that that one-on-one or that individualized Mm -hmm. learning. And, you know, I was like, this is this is not how everyone sees it. And so I was inspired to kind of create this larger brand, Yoga For You. And I I named it that because it's not, you know, it's not yoga for mm-hmm. me or yoga for them. Like it's for you and only you. Yeah. And and so I, I decided to make it a little bit bigger and I started offering some things online and some yoga teacher trainings and other trainings. So it all started in, as kind of a brick and mortar studio and it expanded. And since then with um, with my husband's, my husband's dream, we both get to do our dream, but his, he has to move right. a lot. So now I'm more location independent. Which is great because it works out with your husband. Right. And I'm curious, how many years did you have your brick and mortar yoga studio before you started the online brand? So. I actually I started them about the same time before I did the brick and mortar I was just renting a space like I was kind of like subleasing and then I outgrew that space and it was around that time that I was really kind of doing a lot of self-exploration and figuring out you know what did I really what did I really want to do with like this yoga and this way that I saw it like what what was the purpose of it and I was having you know some of those like what is my purpose on earth kind of like <laughs> thoughts and and I still yeah. I still have those but it's like you know what what am I here to do and I, I was having one of those and and I just thought that you know it was sharing this this unique perspective because to me my perspective is a very like inclusive one so I like to work with the people who don't feel like they necessarily fit in in a traditional yoga studio whether it's because you know they feel like they're too mm-hmm. old or they're not you know a young skinny white woman or they feel like you know they they don't know anything about yoga they can't go to a studio or they can't afford it like like that's who I really like to work with. And and I just I wasn't seeing that out there. Like those people being given the same resources that that others were that were already going to the studio. So I was inspired to kind of start them both at the same time and take it uh, locally at the brick and mortar, but then also being able to reach a wider audience of those people who didn't who I didn't feel like were being served and they didn't feel like they were being served by going online. Right. And were you doing like one-on-one sessions online or are you just talking about like the teacher trainings to do that with other people? So online is primarily just either pre-recorded classes or courses. And then also I've branched into like a podcast. And so it's more um, okay. general teachings. I typically prefer to do one-on-ones like 
in person or sometimes I'll do them online. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just when you're working with the body, it, sometimes it's better to have the person in front of yeah, you. Yeah, they're with you. <laughs> right. Same with the teacher trainings because, mm-hmm. you know, you're working so much with the body and with that person that's right in front of you. And I think it's just easier to connect in person than, than online. Yeah. Now that you're basically location independent, when you host teacher trainings, are they kind of mm-hmm. in different places? So they can be in different places. Usually I can do a teacher training in about six months or so. And we don't move so much that we're usually in a place at least six months, maybe a year. So I'll usually find like a local studio okay. and then host okay. one there, like kind of in the time that, that I'm there. But I could, I would okay. be able to go and and offer it other places. Yeah. And are you saying currently you're still like moving around every year or so? So we're currently in Michigan. We okay. seem to only live in M states. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be here for about two years total. So a little over. We moved this summer and it would be two two years. So like next spring, mm. we, we, we'll be going somewhere else and we don't know where. We have no yeah. idea where. We'll just oh, be like placed. Oh, how do you deal with I, that uncertainty and like picking up and you know oh, that's that another is like, story I'm seriously sure one of the hardest parts and and part of the reason why I'm not so worked up yeah. about it now is because I mean like I told I joke and I say I cried the first time I saw this place I was moving to in Missouri but I thought it was going to be the worst thing that ever happened like I thought my life was over but it was just beginning and it ended up being mm-hmm. like the most important place in my life so far because of this growth that I had to do and all of this. And I mean, I was I was quite young when we moved. And so I, I started my own business when I was 23, 24. Wow. And, and I, there was just so much, I just, I didn't really have that belief in myself yet. And I didn't, I didn't have a lot of things figured out. And so for me, it was so far out of my comfort zone. And it was so scary to me to kind of like pursue this thing that a lot of people perceived as like, not a real job, or, you know, not sustainable, or, you know, I had a lot of people that made comments about how I was wasting, you know, my college degrees and, and things like that. And, and it was very hard for me at that age. And it hurts. Yeah, yeah, it's really hurtful. And I'm sure you run into some of that too. Totally. Yeah. Like not feeling like your career is legit. Because yeah. You, you earned this degree. Like I went to USC for business school mm-hmm. and then I never really used that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a degree yeah. in <laughs> psychology and media studies. Mm-hmm. So I, but yeah. it's yeah and so that was so hard for me and I I'd only been out of college just a little bit and I was still in that kind of that spin of like everyone is trying to uh, one-up mm. each other with like what jobs they get out of college or like what amazing right. careers they're jumping into and and I you know I'm sure a lot of your listeners have run into this mm-hmm. where you know everyone kind of has this oh well what are you doing yeah. after graduation and I have this job or I'm pursuing this or I have this yeah. internship you and, just compare and yourself really, all day yeah it's, just it like sucks. the wheel of comparison And it's not even just, you know, the people, it's like people's parents and everyone is just kind of in this, this wheel of comparison and, Mm -hmm. and you can't let yourself get sucked up into it. But anyways, I was sucked up into it. That's why I know. I know. I've totally been there too. And yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so hard. And, but so I went there and I thought this was going to be the worst place that I had ever been because it was so different and it was so small and it was so far out of my comfort zone and it ended up being the best thing mm-hmm. that has happened to me. And I and I grew more. We were there for three years. I grew more over those three years, learned more about myself and like my purpose in life yeah. than ever before. And so now going forward, we're still going to be pretty transient, like pretty nomadic mm-hmm. for a while. And And I just, I think about all the resistance I had initially when I was moving there. And how much more I could have gotten done and how much more I could have, you know, achieved and experienced if I hadn't gone in with such a negative attitude at first. Well, but I think it's moments like that that really shape us. And it's mm-hmm. fun to, I mean, it's interesting to look back and be like, oh, this 
this happened yeah. for a reason. It helped me launch my business. Because when you right, go to a new place, right. like maybe you don't know many people in that area. You, you have more time to like look within, you know, and focus on yourself. So I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love hearing those parts of the, the story because yeah, it it's just so interesting. Yeah, like you never, I always think like you can never climb to a top of a hill if there isn't a valley first. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. or else there's nothing to climb. The challenges make you and they shape you. And it actually yes. does help you in your journey. Right. Because otherwise, right. If, you, if you stayed in your first job, then you would have been comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? It would have mm-hmm. been a whole different story. Yeah. My life would have been so different, but it would yeah. not have been. I wouldn't have been fulfilled like I am now. All right, loves, it's time for a break with our sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in design, art, business, productivity, and more. You can take classes in graphic design, social media marketing, illustration, mobile photography, you name it, they've got it. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. I have taken so many classes on Skillshare. The most beneficial was a class on Adobe InDesign that taught me how to design my Artist of Life workbook. I have taken some fun classes on watercolor painting and floral arranging too. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with this special offer today. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, Skillshare is offering the Lavender Lifestyle listeners two months of unlimited access to over 18,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Eileen. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash A-I-L-E-E-N to start your two months now. So you you have a podcast now called Mindful in Minutes mm-hmm. where I, I've listened to it. It's very calming, oh. <laughs> very su- like you do guided meditations on different topics. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so can yeah. you tell our listeners in generally like what made you want to start this podcast? And then I also want to know how do you get so many different ideas for these meditations? Oh, <laughs> so I have I've always been a bit of a storyteller. So my husband will tell you I'm like an elaborator. (laughs) I like Mm. to think of myself as a storyteller. He sometimes says I tell fables. But um, (laughs) but I have – I've been leading these meditations, these guided meditations for my clients and my students for years. And to me, it's just just like telling a story. And – but you kind of – you start with – the end of the story and then you just mm-hmm. sort of describe out. And so for me it it's not as challenging to come up with the ideas because I I just pull from experience or I pull from things that like, you know, my clients have come to me and you know one of the latest episodes I did was like a joy meditation and and that one I I've done that with clients before because they come to me and they're like I just feel like my life is missing joy. So I basically just tell them like a story of joy so they can experience it. And, and so I just kind of pull from these experiences that I've had working with students and working with clients and also from my own life, because there's a lot of times where I have to kind of tell myself in my own meditation practice, these stories of whatever it is I feel like is, is missing or I need to cultivate. And so I have, and then I just keep this big, long running list. I, someone described it to me once as an idea parking lot. (laughs) So I have like this idea parking lot of, of meditations. And then sometimes I'll, you know, something will come up that week and I'll be like, okay, you know, this week I really need to work on, on joy. I really need to work on, you know, anxiety relief or whatever it is. And then other times I'll just kind of pull from, from that list and Mm -hmm. record those. But I have a lot of them already written that I've been doing in classes. So I just wanted to share them um, with people that didn't have access to that. 
that where they were. Okay. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you get it from a lot of experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of my process. And I do – I on the podcast, I do less than 20 minutes because I feel like a lot of people have a hard time focusing for a while, and it's easier to kind of ease into it with these shorter meditations. And also, if it's something mm-hmm. that you don't have to commit that much time to, you're more likely to stick with it. And to me, that's the most important part. It's not about doing yeah. one day two hours of meditation or going to a two-hour yoga class. It's about that little bit every single day that helps to condition your body and really mm-hmm. get you into like that state of, of yoga or that state of, you know, sanmahi or or bliss or whatever it is that you're working towards. Right. And since you're talking about like daily consistency, are there any daily rituals or routines that you have in general? Not <laughs> I am I am surprisingly very boring. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not even surprising. <laughs> Why? I uh, so to me I'm I'm a very um I'm a very loud introvert and and so like my voice is loud and you know okay. I really like connecting with people and I'm I'm a little more outgoing, but when I have a, a daily routine it's usually in the morning and it's almost like a going inward routine where I kind of like go in and reset and recharge Mm -hmm. and then like I'm ready to kind of go interact with my students, my clients all day and be more outward. So I I usually in the morning I have my routine of kind of like um, getting up and just taking a moment. I always take a moment of gratitude for the day and and then I usually have a cup of coffee and listen to my podcast okay. and get ready for the day. Oh, you listen and... to yourself to get ready? No, 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 what no, not mean? mine, not mine. Oh, oh. My podcast, <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> no, not okay, mine. Okay. I... Do you ever get that feeling where, like, you hear yourself and you're like, oh, do I really sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think listening to my own podcast might stress me out. Okay. No, I have, like, podcasts where I, I listen to, like, news and okay you know the ones that like I subscribe to that are just like yes. my daily ones but my more of my ritual in the evening is I I like to practice my meditation in the evening and I usually practice they call it like parts work like parts meditation and this is one where you you basically just still the mind and you just see like if the body or any parts of you have like messages to send or like things to tell you. You're just there to basically okay. listen and be like the yeah. observer of your body and your mind and your heart and mm. seeing what it has to say. So I usually do that in in the evening because it helps me just to kind of unpack the day and then also okay. then if anything does come up, I can acknowledge it and release it before I sleep. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll be up all night thinking about it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So you kind of release and clear yeah. everything before. Yeah, break. like I'm a very... Which is interesting. Yeah, and that's yeah. usually more of my routine. I know a lot of people have like more morning routines but I really enjoy the mornings Mm -hmm. and I like to get work done in the mornings but it's in the evening where I kind of have almost like that on that end of day like saying saying goodbye to the day and and like unpacking it Mm. in the evening before before like regenerating and sleep yeah well what I love about your routine I mean you said it's boring I don't think it is (laughs) I mean what it's the little things that not everyone does like you take time to be grateful for the day and at the end of the day mm-hmm. you take t- it's it's intentional right you're you're like wrapping it up clearing it out and that's something that most people forget to do or don't even realize they they can do so mm-hmm. I just yeah, yeah I want to encourage our lis- listeners yeah mm-hmm. well and I, and I think especially the gratitude for the day like for me, that's something that's really important because my my whole story started with when I was when I was young when I was in high school. My mom became very ill; she had stage three breast cancer, and I was her mm-hmm. I was her primary caregiver. And I had just been practicing yoga like mm-hmm. just 
just on my own, like as cross training for sports. And I was there just for the physical. Mm -hmm. Like I was what I now call a Shavasana skipper, where (laughs) I used to, when you go to Shavasana, like that pose where, you know, you lay on your back, I would just roll up my mat and leave. That's the best part. (laughs) I know. But at the time I was like, you know, I was young and I thought, oh, I'm not like burning any calories. I'm not doing anything useful. Like how boring. Mm -hmm. And I would leave. But um, when my mom became ill and she, she's in remission now. And so the story has a happy ending. But when, when she was, she was very sick for quite a while and I was her primary caregiver and I started Mm -hmm. to explore like the therapeutic benefits of yoga and she and I weren't nearly as close as we are now but it was through that experience of me caring for her like that role reversal Mm -hmm. and then also her giving me the space of like we started to explore the therapeutic benefits of yoga together and and we Mm -hmm. had this moment of her being like like I think this is what you should be doing and that was something I'd always like been feeling but I'd never expressed it and ever since then she has just like been the person that has mm-hmm. always supported me and always that's so you know, beautiful been that person <laughs> I love that yeah well like where, well and where everyone else was like what a waste of your time yeah. she was basically you know she was the one that was like you know if it's important to you it's never a waste of time ever I love that and I think we only need like that one person mm-hmm. in life to kind of be that reminder and so so my my daily gratitude practice is kind of just like a like a way of honoring her and I you know mm. I don't live with her anymore and we're we're farther away and just kind of honoring like you don't know what's going to happen to you in life and and what a gift like each day is. Mhm. And so wow. I, I always like to do that, even just for, like, a, a moment. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that. That was so beautiful. I, oh. I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm close to my mom, too. And, like, she she yeah. actually meditates as well. So she has things that she mm-hmm. teaches me. So I, I relate to, like, that mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. And, and I, I yeah. am really grateful for at least the experience we had. Cause, and, like, we were talking about, you know, it's the challenges that make you. And, and mm-hmm. I would not be the person that I was if I if I didn't go through that struggle, but also then see my mom struggle. Mm-hmm. And it just it has shifted the way that I that I look at the world. And so I am very grateful for that. And, and I'm obviously so grateful that that she's OK now. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm mostly grateful because that's where we kind of came together because we had never spent that kind of extended time together until until we were like almost forced to and and it was just, it was really special. And so she's like my number one fan now. So she'll probably listen to this episode and be like, she'll probably be like, my, da- I don't know what a podcast Aww. is, but my daughter Aww. was on one. You know, she's one of those. No, she knows Aww. what a podcast is because she yeah. listens to mine. Because <laughs> you have one. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, I listen to it at night and it's like, you're here. That's so cute. <laughs> but I'm sure your mom does the same thing. I know. Thing. Yeah. She'll watch my videos. Yeah. She's like, it's like hearing your voice. It's so nice. <laughs> Moms are great. I know. It's the best. <laughs> I have one last question. Awesome. What can our listeners out there do today to get closer to living their truth, to, to that enlightenment point? So I would say, um, I'm going to say two things. The first one I'm going to say is let go of your fear. So fear is natural and it's going to come into your life. But when it does, look at it and think, is this something, is this a fear that's keeping me alive? Or is this a fear that's keeping me from living? So when you look at that, you know, a normal fear, like I'm afraid of sharks because, you know, a shark could eat me if I was in the ocean. That's like a logical, yeah. you know, like <laughs> evolutionary fear. Mm-hmm. But, you know, me doing something like, you know, I'm afraid to go on Eileen's podcast because, you know, I, that makes me very vulnerable. Like that's a fear that's keeping me from living because that's that's making myself small and that's mm, that's getting into that. you know my fear. And so I would say that anytime you feel that fear creeping up, 
is it one that's keeping me alive or is it one that's keeping me from living? And and that's something that's always been important to me mm-hmm. because, you know, there is and as you know, when you're starting something on your own, anytime you're starting something new, there's so much fear that goes around it. And even if I'm just, you know, launching a new course or if I'm even putting up a podcast episode that's a little different from the norm, like there's still some fear with that because you're putting something that's near and dear to you that you created out into the universe. You don't know how it's going to be received. But as long as you know, it's, you know, that you don't give into those fears that are keeping you from living, you're going to have just a much like richer and fulfilled life. And it's very like empowering to not give into those. So I think that is definitely something that's really, really helpful. And Mm -hmm. I also think that pulling yourself out of that wheel of comparison is something that can help so much. And I know that, you know, imposter syndrome or, or that, that comparison is something that can just be so crippling to people. And I think that if you just tune into yourself, so, you know, I talked about the withdrawal of the senses, Mm -hmm. but just kind of like turning the gaze inward and becoming the observer. And if you ask yourself truly, like, I believe we're made up of three parts, like physical, mental, emotional. If you tap in with those three parts and you ask them what they want, they'll tell you. And if you start living from that place, it is so transformational because you no longer, I mean, imagine if you didn't have to live a life where you had to go back and like apologize and correct and redo all of these choices because you were living for someone else. If you are only living from that yeah. true place and those those three parts, because they'll tell you what they want and what they need, then you no longer have to go back and and kind of second guess and edit and redo and right no regrets right it's just it's so much more fulfilling and and things just feel right when you start Mm -hmm. listening to those things and doing and doing what they want and that's something that I think I've actually I've been getting caught up on on your podcast before coming in here and I think a lot of your other guests Mm -hmm. and it also sounds like a lot of your listeners when you did that community episode like they're starting to you know, really tap into that, that when you listen to that, those true mm-hmm. parts of yourself and do what they're craving for, like that will never steer you wrong. It's, it's your mind and it's your, your comparison yeah. and, and everything that the world tells us that will steer you wrong. That will tell you what they think you should be, but those true parts of yourself, they will never steer you wrong. So you said physical, mental, and emotional. Yeah. That's, that's my belief is that those are, there's these, yeah. these three parts. And I have this like image where I kind of do sort of like a Venn diagram where I have these three, yeah. these three circles and mental, emotional, and physical. And then I have a circle in the middle mm-hmm. and it's in the, the middle of those where they all overlap. That's where you can really have this joyful and balanced and beautiful life is when all mm-hmm. three of those are working together and are balanced. I I love it. So take time to really sit with yourself and look inward. Mm-hmm. And I think the first yeah. step is really just like getting to know yourself and what you really need for yourself. Because I, I think so many people always ask other people for advice, yeah. want to hear, you know what I mean? They, they take into account other people's opinions and it it can steer you wrong because nobody mm-hmm. can tell you how to live your life. Mm-hmm. And people are never short on opinions. Mm-hmm. This is something that I've learned. And, and yes. they're almost always well-intentioned mm-hmm. always a lot of people that's their way of showing love it is, is giving advice and and that's so wonderful and beautiful and and I think that it's important to take that in mm-hmm. but then you go and you you do that practice where and it doesn't have to be a lot of time just a little bit and you you turn inward and I love how you described it of like getting to know yourself mm-hmm. and you just kind of ask yourself like does this feel right and and you'll know yes it feels right or no that's just that's not right for me or that's not right for me now. Right. 
and and you'll get those answers and the more that you work on it it's just kind of like you know exercising a muscle the more that you exercise it the stronger it'll get Mm -hmm. and so you'll have to stop working quite so hard at you know coming to that kind of clear-minded place and you'll have to not quite work as hard to get those answers to come up I love it. Thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing. Yeah. Thank everyone, you. Yeah, Thank you. I really everyone out it. there, make sure you check out Kelly at yogaforyouonline.com, Instagram, yogaforyouonline. All the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye.